So you don't necessarily have to screw me right into the end of your, your existing grips. You can just put me on fresh. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Embedded sensors. Chris, you're up. Hello, friends. We're back with No Putts Given 46. Thanks for being with us today. And we've got a fun one. We're having an old-fashioned debate, high school senior president style. And who plays better on Tony's home course? Tony or Tiger Woods? We're going to take a look at the new Tour Stats article that just hit the website. Let's get it. No Putts Given is powered by MyGolfSpy, the most extensive reviews in golf. Before you buy, MyGolfSpy. Nine million readers do it every year. Check us out. All right, we've got Tony, Harry, and Chris here with us this weekend. As always, uh, we do appreciate everybody being here and listening to us. We do ask that if you have any thoughts or feedback, leave us a review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and leave some comments. We want to know what you're thinking. Um, doesn't mean we're going to listen to you, but we still want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear from you, <laughs> but not really. But not really. Send us a comment we may disregard. Like I said last week, I read them all, so I want to hear from you. But guys, how are we doing this week? Yeah, it's you know another day, another dollar. That was a heavy sigh. Yeah. You know. No, I got uh my flavor of the week. We're doing okay. a little choco mint CBD this week. Choco oh. mint from Kanabi Nabi. Yeah, it goes good with coffee in the morning. So okay, I'm happy with it. That's how my week's going. I'm one of those people that I don't like my chocolate with my mint. I like chocolate and I like mint, but if you put them together, I'm not about it anymore. Really? This is this is coming from a um a girl who likes the food separated on the plate. She doesn't like she doesn't like ketchup <laughs> touching her tongue. It's very acidic. I like the flavor of it, but I don't you know, if I got like ketchup what? on my finger, I would not lick it off. Nope. What did I marry into is the question. Well, I can only imagine Thanksgiving. Like, holy cow. It gets a little oh, rough, it's, but it's I It's a shit show. It all ends up in the same place anyway, so yes, whatever. Yeah, but I want to taste all of it individually. <laughs> anyway. Well, we went off the rails quickly today. Anyway, okay, so no pets given. <laughs> Tony, this week, Foresight announced that they are launching a new shot tracking device. Tony, can you give us, we don't have much insight, but can you give us what you know? Yeah, so so unlike the others, right, the, the key differentiation here is it's it's not really a device. It's it's just an app. It's called Four. Um, you know, in that same space competes with, with ShotScope and Arcos. The key differentiator here is that Foresight has a technology they call uh, ASD, automatic shot detection, or it may be AST for automatic shot tracking. I think it's ASD, but don't hold me to it. It's one of the, the two uh, patented technology. And the idea here is that, that using a smartwatch or conceivably with your phone in your pocket, it sounds like uh, based on the read, it can actually sort of recognize that you have engaged in a golf movement, so to speak. And so it will record the location on, on of the shot based on what your body is doing. So you, you don't need sensors on your club. And then from there, it, it works like other apps where you have uh, an analysis platform, a web portal, if you will. So you can kind of go look at your individual round, make adjustments, see strokes, gains, that sort of thing. And ultimately, hopefully identify weaknesses and things for you to work on. So again, key point of differentiation is that it's a sensor-free shot tracking technology. It's actually like a, a 
two plus year old platform, I believe, believe originally called Bibrassi or Babrassi. And it looks like uh, basically Foresight has acquired that company and is in the process of tweaking the platform and, and making its own and, and sort of providing an alternative in that space. And at the same time, you know, I'd point out, right, it's, it's Wu-Tang 101, diversify your bonds. So <laughs> Foresight stepping out of, of being just a launch monitor company, they have that uh, electric push cart that hopefully finds its way to the test facility one of these days. And, and now a, a shot tracking platform as well. So not just a launch monitor company anymore. Okay. Well, disclaimer, we haven't tried it yet, but what we have tried, you mentioned earlier, Arcos and ShotScope. So I thought it would be fun to have an old fashioned, like high school auditorium debate about which one is better. So Harry and I are going to be the moderators. Tony, you're not Tony anymore. You're now Arcos. Chris, you're no longer Chris, you are ShotScope. Mm. So are the two of you ready to engage in a very heated debate style debate? Yeah. Harry's gonna keep the time. So we're gonna start with a couple of rounds here. That's very official. That looks very official. Yep, you're gonna have three minutes to respond. I'll ask for a rebuttal from each of you and we'll go from there. Sound good? Bring it. So after, when when you hit three minutes, I'm gonna go do 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 do. And then that'll be the end. Please. That really should be the end of everything. I was going to say, it should be. I will stop at two minutes just to avoid that. <laughs> okay. All right. Is it lunchtime yet? Serious faces now. Matt, dim the lights. We're ready to go. So, um, gentlemen, in round one, I'm going to start with Mr. Arcos here. Tony, oh, you're not Tony anymore. Mr. Arcos, can you please introduce yourself and give us a, a brief opening statement? Well, apparently my name is Mr. Arcos, and I am not the original shot tracking platform, but but I am the GOAT to date. I have the the most technology, the most robust feature set, and uh, as far as I know, I'm the only platform that leverages auto, uh, artificial intelligence to, to make a club recommendation. Also, my sensors can be embedded into grips from from Lampkin and I believe Golf Pride if if not yet coming soon. So you don't necessarily have to screw me right into the end of your your existing grips. You can you can just put on put me on fresh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Embedded sense of pressure up. Yeah do 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 that is like that should be on a t-shirt like right away that is embed a, me fresh yeah. you're a millionaire right then and you, chris you're done <laughs> can't beat that i was gonna say this is gonna be hard to get back on track uh <laughs> can we just please go to round two no <laughs> mr Shotscope, can you yes. please introduce yourself and give us a brief opening statement Yes, um, uh, after that, uh, I, I'm, I'm compelled to just move on to round two <laughs> and uh, skip the personal introductions. However, I would say that, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Arcos is uh, maybe first to the game, but you always need a rough draft before you come up with a final copy in this industry. And so <laughs> what I've been able to uh, determine is that What's important about this space isn't who got there first. It's about what are you doing since then? How quickly can you refresh product lines? What additional features can you offer? And, and basically, how quickly can you improve and give people different user interfaces? And so 
you know, some people want to uh, discuss who is the first car to get on the highway. Uh, I want to discuss which car can go the fastest. Wonderful. Thank you, Mr. Shotscope. Um, (laughs) Moving on to round two. Um, This is for you, Mr. Arcos. You've proclaimed that the Arcos Caddy is golf's first artificial intelligence platform. Tell us why you believe you are the most technologically advanced shot tracking system and why that makes you the right choice over ShotScope. So the big advantage Arcos has in this space is that it can analyze data from your round, your previous round, your previous swings, couple that with course knowledge and make a recommendation for the club you should hit on every single shot over the course of your round. That's it. I'm done. Like Like 20 seconds. I win. Done. Okay. Done. 20 seconds. Fair enough. Mr. Shotscope, your rebuttal. To what exactly am I rebutting? Uh, The fact that I have a feature you don't, (laughs) that you can't do that. Oh, uh, artificial intelligence, you know. Absolutely. That, that's a place where, where Arcos has been able to run ahead um, a little bit. I would want to note that there are a number of different options that are out there for people in terms of figuring out how to, because really what we're talking about is course management, right? How to make, how to make better decisions on the course. And, and one of those things is uh, correct that you can't use uh, Arcos Caddy during an actual competitive event, correct? And so as such, yeah, you can use it during practice rounds and those kind of things. But if you're really a competitive golfer, um, you have to be able to take that information and use it during actual competitive rounds. Now, the way I, in I which you do that, caddy Ar- is tournament legal because it does not. It use is, it. Mr. Arcos. There, I will give you an opportunity to rebut the rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> is it is a tournament legal so long as you don't have certain features turned on or whatever? I think this, I believe so. so. <laughs> well, Mr. Think, Arcos, please elaborate. I, I, don't, maybe I don't know my product detail inside of that. No, yeah. So that was that was one of the big hurdles with the release of the Caddy product was getting it past the USGA. And so the the sort of the the fix for that is you can still use Caddy uh, because it relies on data from previous rounds, similar to using an actual Caddy who who is aware of how far you hit clubs and things like that. The thing it, uh, that it can't do is use data from the current round. I don't believe it's allowed to, to import the weather information or things like that. So you can't use your sort of real time, here's how you're hitting the ball today, dummy kind of kind of stats. But it it does, it is powered by past round data. Okay. Mr. Shotscope, does that conclude your rebuttal? I think so for this point. Harry, do your thing. <laughs> Sounds like a battery dying on like one of the on a Bluetooth speaker. Moving on to round three, Mr. Shotscope, this one is for you. Over the course of your campaign, if you will, you've relied on your superior course mapping as a primary reason that golfers should rely on you. What makes your course mapping superior? Uh you know, again, I think it's specificity, it's accuracy, and it's the ability to update it frequently, right? So if somebody comes to us with, hey, my course had this, uh, you know, this particular bunker was redone, added a tee box, you're talking 24 to 48 hours to get that updated and into the platform, because really the information is only as good as where that information is coming from, right? The other piece that I would add to that is 
there's a conversation of capability, you know, what, what the different interfaces can do. And then there's a conversation of usability, which is whether or not the average person is even going to use these, right? You can, you can have all the different features and things that are out there, but if it's difficult to use, then there's always going to be that particular hurdle, right? And so that's one place where ShotScope runs quite a bit ahead is, the idea that taking these shot tracking platforms and basically having it just happen, right? So the less, the fewer things you need to do from the time you get to the course to the time you complete your round, the more likely it is that your average consumer, not your gearhead techie type, you know, geekazoid person or whatever, is going to use them. You want, uh, right, right? You want average people, um, you know, golfers that. that can benefit from this information to use it. Well, here's what you got to do. If you wear a watch, you wear a watch. And more or less, you go play. You don't have to worry about sensors falling out of clubs if you don't want to pay the money for the uh, the new grip. If you do put it in a new grip and now your swing weights are all jacked up because the clubs feel a little bit longer because, get this... 20 seconds left. They are a little bit longer. And the reality is that until just now you had to carry a phone in your pocket or watch and we and we still have the link thing coming out we'll see how that works you know it was promised a year and a half two years ago or whatever um uh, we'll see right and so function thank you mr shotscope um mr arcos i'll allow you three minutes for a rebuttal first thing i would say as far as getting started rolling onto the golf course like literally you open up the app and hit play golf because it detects the course you're on and you're good to go. So I, I don't understand the complexity argument there. As far as updating maps and things like that, Arcos is super responsive when things need to be modified. I haven't had any issues in that respect as uh, had to make some adjustments to McGregor early on as, as Chris can speak. The routing is, is a little unusual and perhaps not intuitive if you're <laughs> trying to build it on a map. Um, At all. You know, it's interesting that, that Chris would, would bring up the, the, the uh, Mr. Shotscope, the watch. Yes, Chris, Mr. Shotscope would <laughs> would bring up the watch to as an advantage, and then mention that you know until you know basically yesterday, you you didn't have uh, the link option with Arcos. I would point out that until earlier this week, Shotscope required you to to effectively wear a satellite dish on your wrist. So, I mean that 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 watch was basically an iPad. And here's the thing I would say about the watch. And yes, Arcos for for quite some time you've been able to use an Apple Watch to to remove the phone and and requirement uh, phone and pocket requirement. So effectively, even except for the part where you have to buy the Apple Watch in that respect. Um, the thing Thank I would you. say, though, is you go back to, to ShotScope, which mandates a watch. It, it used to be like a satellite receiver, a tablet, whatever. Now it's a, a sensible sized watch. But here's the thing. Chris, I don't know if you, you're aware of this. You remember this. You saw it. But a few years back, Andrew Rice did a, serve, uh, a study on, on the effect of wearing a watch on swing speed. And what he found was that while wearing a watch players, the player he tested, uh, and I would assume this is pretty typical, saw a decline of about one mile an hour of driver swing speed from a watch. And, and that makes sense, right? Your, your, your hand is moving through air, just like a club head. You're creating wake. You, you're not shredding vortices. You don't, you don't have a vortex Ooh. shredder on your wrist. So you're, you're going to run into trouble there. So you're essentially talking about a, ma a device that is mandated to use the product that ultimately may cost you performance by way of swing speed. So 
you know, ultimately I, th I think link is a better solution because you know, it goes in my pocket. It doesn't slow me down. I'm not impacted by, by sweat on it or anything like that. So yeah, it was uh, late to the game with that. And technically speaking, it's still not here yet, but it's, uh, you know, I was going to say, do you have one? Can you, can you show me <laughs> no, what no, this looks like yet? Or is it still theoretical? Well, it's about this big, but I, I think, I think ultimately that's the better solution is, is not having to wear something that's going to potentially slow my swing down. Just saying. Two questions for you. <laughs> I'll allow your questions, Mr. Shotsko. Yes. Thank you. So two questions for you. Number one, has there been any studies done um, relative to needing to have an iPad in your pocket? which is basically, or iPhone in your pocket, which is basically what Arcos has mandated until, because you, you had the watch option, which, okay, maybe that maybe that holds water, maybe it doesn't. Good question. I would, I would note there, there's a couple guys on tour, I don't know, maybe Phil Mickelson, uh, certain guys that have worn watches and in, in, in won tens. <laughs> Bubba and, has that. Yeah, and they, they you know, uh, okay, so one mile an hour, what difference is one mile an hour? Uh, approximately 2.6 yards. 2.5, 2.6 yards it's, of carry. People have bought drivers for less. And it certainly hasn't hurt guys that are playing at the absolute highest level. But that being said, does the Arcos link system solve that particular issue? The, the, the only answer we can possibly give right now is we don't know. So we haven't tested it. We don't have it. We haven't seen it. Hopefully it functions well. Hopefully the extra 18, 24 months it took to actually get the product to market. I've, I've, I've seen very high resolution photos. You, you can't put it in a high <laughs> resolution photo if it doesn't exist. That's... <laughs> but we'll see how it works, right? Point being, who knows? Maybe somebody has copious belt sweat. And maybe that, you know, maybe that <laughs> impacts what's going on here. The point is we don't know. We do know what ShotScope does. So if you were... A betting person, would you go with what you know works now today very well? Or would you take a leap and say, yeah, this one that took an extra two years to get out to market, I'm putting all my money on that. That feels risky to me. High resolution photographs. Uh, <laughs> High resolution photos. That's a good rebuttal. I, I think that's a good rebuttal. What's what's the durability of these things? Because I swear, you know, there's been times I may or may not have seen you throw a putter and, and your Arcos unit went exploding off the putter into, I think it was the green behind number 10, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it's between 10 and 11. Um, but maybe that's a story for a different it, time. It, it actually probably would have been the green on 11 that tends to be where I, I throw the putter the most. <laughs> it's a very difficult green. And sometimes, you know, even though it's a par three, you're, you're on in five just because, well, you know, like there's. Oh, because you miss it short right on the grassy knoll of death. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, we're going to move on to our last round. The, this the dog says I already won. Look, I don't know yet. That's for Harry and I to decide. Um, this question is for both of you. Both of you claim to help golfers improve their game. What makes each of your methods or correlating technologies the right ones to help golfers best improve their game? Uh, let's start with Mr. Arcos. Like I said, we, we have been doing this longer. We have a, a larger user base to pull data from. We we have tools, the artificial intelligence that nobody else has. It's just an unmatched platform right now. And it, it really is that simple. Like, again, we, we can tell you 
what club to hit on the golf course based on your past performances. Not not what you think you should hit because, you know, you think it goes this far and this course is new to you, so you're just guessing. No, no, we, we can tell you what you need to do to basically lower your scores, optimize your round, if you will. Mr. Shotscope, same question to you. Yeah, so look at what, what keeps people from improving, right? What what really, in terms of course management things, what, what really gets in the way of golfers shooting lower scores? And really, it's bogey avoidance. It isn't necessarily making more birdies. It's really playing smarter and, and kind of backing yourself into a good round, right? It's not necessarily, hey, I want to go from making – you know, three birdies around, I'm going to lower my scores by making six birdies around, really about 70%. If you're a 70 shooter, uh, you know, if you're kind of in that high 70s area and you're trying to get down, about 70% of your improvement is going to come from making fewer mistakes, making fewer bogeys, not necessarily from making more birdies. And so it's understanding kind of the methodology and the psychology behind what actually helps improve golfers. You can have all the artificial intelligence you want. We're using real intelligence. And so what I mean by that is we're going to use what we see, not what some algorithm tells us, but but actual players at the highest level to help improve how the game actually uh, is played and, and how better players will actually improve. My my rebuttal to that one is, isn't the golf industry based on data and AI right now? Yes, but it's been based on AI for a long time. Now we're just coming up with fancy terms to say computers doing more work. We've had smart learning and learning technologies all along. It's like twist face becoming bulge and roll. Well, that's been around. It's just now we have fun names like artificial intelligence because that sells things right it's really computers have been doing a lot of work it's not just like human intelligence doing work the whole time it's it's always been a convert you know a combination of those we're just using terms that help us sell different products and and i guess you know there there, there's some things that computers absolutely 100 percent do better than humans like like complex calculations. Like complex calculations. However, there are some <laughs> things that humans will do better than uh, than computers for sure. Like reading a lie, right? Like understanding grain. Like understanding. Okay, how much sand is actually in this bunker? Does shot scope have lie reading technology and bunker sand analysis? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. These are things that are coming. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> But I'm saying I was say, the human a <laughs> was like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know. Like, the human. Yeah, we're working on that. We actually have a, a thing where it just, yeah. No, you not dump true. a little sand but, on that. that. That's why the watch was so big was it originally had functionality. Yes. It was, was future proof so you could dump sand on it to analyze yes, it. Yes, it could sense moisture in the ground. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, all of these different platforms, they're, they're only as good as the individual using them and, and whether or not the individual is going to... So you're saying they all suck? I'm saying they all have a ceiling and I think there's limitations right now. Like I said, the nice thing, if you're a tour player, right? The idea is, you know, you just show up, they have shot link data, all this stuff. You maybe even have a team of statisticians or somebody that you work with that, that tabulates all this stuff for you. You don't worry about any of it. Literally, you just show up and play and they give you, right, the information from a stat tracking perspective. The more that these companies can get to that type of a situation where you literally just 
show up and maybe hit one button or two or whatever the case is, I think that's where you're really going to start to see people run ahead. That's why, honestly, I think Link is a big possibility for Arcos. I think having embedded sensors and grips is helpful to a degree, although I would argue it's not not where I would be yet at a position where I'd want to pay for um, those particular grips at this point because it's such a limited a limited array of grips. So it really does limit what you're what you're able to purchase. But you know, you wear a watch, you show up, go play golf. It really is just that simple. And so we'll see. I don't I don't think any of them would say they have it all figured out that they're where they want to be yet. Um, and I would I would contend they're they're not there yet. <laughs> okay, gentlemen, I thank you for your contributions thus far. Um, I'd like to close with a brief closing statement. Um, Mr. Arcos, would you like to go first? No, I mean, I, I think he just kind of said that I won because he, he made up some some technologies that didn't exist and then said that Link was a <laughs> pretty good start. So I think like, I, I think he just, I think Mr. Shotscope just made the case for Arcos and he's, he's probably going to hear a letter, get a letter from the actual Shotscope guys for failing to represent properly. I, I mean, look, I think he's right. Arcos is, is the better platform. So what, what he said there was good. Um, and, and ultimately I would agree that yeah, both platforms need need work to get to the to the point where there's no maintenance involved. That's kind of what I see as one of the major hurdles for both is that, you know, it's not neither is perfect, right? You miss shots, you miss lies, things like that, where, it, you know, it may not necessarily know with the degree of precision where you are on the golf course relative to a pin, even with even with the tagging, right? When you think about how much variance there is in in GPS, right? You know, it's it's always plus or minus a few yards, and while that that plus or minus in terms of tracking stats maybe isn't important from 200 yards out, when you when you're plus or minus two to three yards on a green, now your your putting data gets a little little wonky. So, 20 seconds. Lots of you know better platform, but room to improve. Close this out, Mr. Shot Scope. All right. Um... I, I, I do not concede any of the points that uh, that Arcos just made. Um, I, I, I am not arguing for I would say they're a solid second place in this conversation. I would absolutely concede that. But the, the two places where I would close is, is, is this relative to ShotScope. If you've looked over the last two to three years, right, one of these two companies has more or less stayed stagnant, not entirely stagnant, but marginal improvement. There's a lot of frustrations. I think there are a lot of people that that left platform because they were promised something and and frankly didn't deliver. Um, hasn't happened yet with ShotScope. If anything, if anything, the converse is what's been true is that ShotScope has improved each generation. The changes have happened on time. And so if you're looking at a company that says, hey, in the future, we're going to do this, this, and this, um, one of the two companies, you're not sure if that's going to be in six months or 24 months. And that's difficult as a consumer because you want to buy into future improvements. I would say the other thing is that with our superior course mapping technology, the data is only as good as the course that you're currently playing and the accuracy of what that is. If you're mapping stuff that isn't wholly accurate and now you're off by Five yards, three yards, eight yards, ten yards. Who knows? <laughs> Just keep it. Like How does that? Twenty-seven seconds. yards, thirty-five, fifty-three. Like you don't even know. You could be on one golf course, right. and it says you're on another. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or if there's a brand new tee box, shots go boom. 48 hours, your new tee box is in there. Arcos, 18 months. I don't know. Um, no, not not for a tee box. It's 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 hours typically. Hours. Hundred percent guaranteed. Is that guaranteed? I, like Link was coming out eight, 12 months ago, guaranteed, right or is this different? Why do I? I than, just keep showing than, this to you, and you act like there's nothing here. That, do, do, I know. Do, do, do. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that concludes our debate. Um, what I'd like to do is for both of you to take your headphones off so that my fellow judge and I can confer and decide the winner. Okay. So I think, without a doubt, Arcos takes the first round. The opening statement. Yes. Okay. Yes. My thoughts are that Arcos played a very steady, good, well-thought-out game. Shot Scope's rebuttals were on, on point, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did like the rebuttal of the shot scope for sure. Okay, so we've got it. We've got to pick a winner here. Okay, who do you think? Shot scope. That's sort of what I was thinking. I thought won he, that round. I yeah. I think he built something that was impenetrable. I think he was the underdog, but I think his arguments were hard to to get into and and debunk. So we're mm. agreed. I think so. Okay, gentlemen, <laughs> put your headphones back on. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what we thought we thought tony on arcos your opening statement was superb you won round one typical and throughout the debate you played very very good chess however the rebuttals that shot scope gave you were hard for you to come back and penetrate so I think for that reason, because shot scope was the underdog coming into this debate, I think we've got to give it to him. Shot scope takes this one. Oh, hey, look, look, look what I found, Tony. It's theoretically available. <laughs> you know, like, like, first of all, this is, this is bogus. He, his rebuttal were technologies that didn't exist, like reading grain and sand. And, but, but, and, but you know what? Congratulations, Chris. You know what? I think you should get a prize. And, and that prize is, is going to be an Arcos link. Uh, when, it, when it's actually available. <laughs> Here's, here's where I saw I saw a little bit of a fall off with Arcos, is you failed to mention one of the biggest changes in the golf industry is Arcos has been helping companies and OEMs ah. fit that change their clubs based on the Arcos data. Without that, I think that's why you lost because you see in Ping, I've been using that data to figure out all right, majority of golfers are missing the ball right. So let's do it, whatever it, whatever driver we need to make to make that not a thing. I had a rebuttal ready for that too. I was so ready for that yeah. one. See, See the I, rebuttals. Your, I, your arguments, your game is in your rebuttals. You're right. That is a place where Arcos, 100%, I would absolutely concede the point that Arcos has done a much better job of getting in, you know, Cobra and then Ping, companies that that we both find to be, I think, very R&D focused, innovative, making real changes based on good information. And I'm guessing they won't be the last. Yeah, and I'm guessing they won't be the last either. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that is, as any company, you only have so many directions you can go at any one time, right? And every decision takes resources. Well, every decision you make to go heavier with OEMs is de facto a decision to move away from consumers. 
And and basically what's happened is ShotScope, we've kind of gone the other way where it's been entirely customer centric and individual focused as opposed to looking at working with OEMs. And so that's part of the well, reason. Now I, even though I've apparently already lost, I have to rebuttal. I have to add a rebuttal there. But did I mention that Link took like an extra year and a half or something? I wonder <laughs> why these things are when that's something consumers were clamoring for. It's, it's interesting you suggest that Arcos isn't consumer focused golfer focused i can't i can't think of anything that that speaks to being more focused on on golfers than one the 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 coach panel right the coaching dashboard where your 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 golf coach can look at your stats and address them directly but the other one is the partnership that arcos has formed with fitters like txg and club champion where they can review your data after a fitting and make adjust adjustments based on that to ensure that you know, what, what you paid for, what you spent good money on irons, expensive drivers, expensive, right. To, to validate the fitting and, and come in and say, Hey, this is, this is what I see. And to have your fitter be able to look at that and go, yeah, you know what, let's, let's tweak this and, and try again. I mean, how do you put a price tag on that? Should have talked about that sooner. I think I just won too late. How many, how many golfers? <laughs> how, this is why you would have won. <laughs> That's why I didn't bring it up, but I, I was still Here's the disclaimer. We didn't pick the winner based on what we think is the best product, just simply debate tactics. So the disclaimer's out there for everyone listening. That's not, <laughs> that's not our direction. No. They're both great products at the end of the day. If there's an answer, do your research. You know, this is certainly fun and, and, and no harm, no foul, but... Tell us what you like. Do these features matter to you? Are those differences things that are, you know, can be a distinction or a difference, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Shotscope. And, you know, having already lost, there's no harm in putting this out there now. But, still good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bet. And correct. I'm like, I, I believe, right, there's no subscription fee with Shotscope. Correct. And that was one I didn't Everything get to. Right. There's ongoing costs with Arcos and, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a it's an interesting developmental area. Like I said, neither company is a finished product, and so that's where I think the the conversation of what's next and and how quickly they can get there in a way that um, you know really helps golfers at the end of the day. That's gonna be that's gonna be what I'm watching for ultimately. Is is me as the average golf consumer. Um, what is going to help me the most, the quickest, and uh, you know, have the highest value. Okay, we're going to move on. Thank you both. That was fun. Hopefully we can do that again. We'll find some more things to pit against each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> there we go. Now it's I just like the noise. Now it's officially over. And as always, we're keeping you updated on the latest from the My Golf Spy testing facility. This week, a look at the top premium gloves of 2020. In the top spot is Quaters Between the Lines. A rookie came in and showed the veterans how it's done. It fits like a glove, yes, pun intended. They're stylish, trendy, and the thin leather keeps you perfectly connected to the club. Now sharing first place is the Pink Tour. This one is no stranger to the winner circle. It's got a reliable grip and consistent sizing, which means Ping is once again offering a glove for the perfectionist. Next up, the Titleist Players. The Players ranks highly because of fit and construction. The leather is thin and soft, but some might find that the fingers are a bit short considering cadet sizes. Ranking fourth, the Vice Pure. The Vice is a standout because it features the softest leather in the test. It fits snugly and has a consistent grip. The downfall, however, is that they don't offer cadet sizes. 
And last but not least, the best value premium glove of 2020 is the Kirkland Signature. A whopping $5.75 per glove gets you a quality performance deserving of a higher price tag. The grip is reliable and the glove is comfortable, but the sizing might not always be consistent. If you don't mind that your large might not always fit exactly the same, Kirkland is worth a try. All right, guys, so I also want to talk this week about tour stats. We had another article go out saying, um, comparing what Tiger Woods would shoot on some of our home courses and some of um, our readers' home courses. So I want to bring it back. Tony, your course was one of the ones that was highlighted in the article. Do you have the specifics of the numbers of what Tiger would shoot at your home course? I, I don't have them in front of me. I just remember having a, a moment of pride that it was the toughest of the courses we chose. And the course that we chose, we uh, Lou Stagner, who pulled the data, we chose his home course, we chose mine, and then we uh, we went to Twitter and, and just pulled three three of our uh, followers' courses at random. So, um, But I, I, the number, I, I, it escapes me what the actual number was, but it, it was the highest average of any of the courses that we chose. Which was still like well, sub sixty. I think yeah, it was, I mean, it was yeah, low <laughs> sixty something like that. And is this was this Tiger Woods in his prime? Yeah, so that that was the thing we looked at Tiger in his absolute prime when he was, you know, just right. on a, a multi year heater, so to speak, uh, absolutely destroying <laughs> all the courses. So yeah, that's what we looked at. And again, we looked at my course, Lou's course, and and three others. How did um, Tiger compare to your average on your home just, course, Tony? Just a just a few strokes better, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, Chris can attest to the to the beauty of McGregor Links here in, in Gansvert slash Wilton, New York. Is that uh, it's it's a very easy course uh, so long as you hit the fairways and hit greens. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you don't have to miss by by much to be in a world of hurt. So. You know, if some some unfamiliarity with the golf course, I think his actual scores would probably a bit be a bit higher than the projections. But if he's having a good driving day, he he could absolutely tear it up. Mm-hmm. Precisely, and you know, it's, it it goes back to this bigger topic. People always want to compare, and to some degree, right themselves to guys you're watching on TV or gals you're watching on TV. And it's to me kind of what I part of what I took from it is. You know, when you're right next to a tour pro, right? And 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 again, this is, you know, something, you know, not a lot of people have the opportunity to do. A lot of us have had that opportunity um, to either play with, be around, et cetera. The differences are very stark, right? They're, they're obvious. They're quantifiable. You understand that you are living in two completely different universes argue playing two very different games you know they're playing professional golf and you're playing whatever it is that we play you know um and the further you get away from that the more you watch it on tv and see these things it's easy to let those thoughts creep back in your head of hmm you know i wonder just how far that distance is it's massive it is absolutely a chasm um it's the grand canyon you know between uh, you know, an average amateur golfer, even a really good amateur golfer, and what these people are doing, playing for a living. And I guess going back to so the Corn Ferry tournament was at my home course, TPC Colorado, two two weeks ago. Will Zaltorius won by a stroke. There were two course records shot that week, both 63s. As you do. And I've had the opportunity. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I didn't make the cut. 
Um, <laughs> but having played that course a bunch and seeing the scores that these uh, these guys shot, it made me think, all right, when we play from the tour tees, like out there, and somebody said, all right, what thousand bucks? You'll get a thousand bucks if you can shoot this score better. You don't shoot that score. You got to pay a thousand bucks. What number would you put if you put yourself on, say, Mirfield Village this week? You know, guys are playing it right now. So, Harry, you're in that professional conversation, right? Thousand bucks. I'm going to give you a thousand bucks if you shoot this score better. If you don't shoot it, you got to pay me a thousand bucks. What's that number? That's a very good question. Uh, I mean, it could be break 80, maybe. So you'd put thousand bucks on 80, put you on Muirfield Village this week, any round, whatever. Well, I mean, here's, so there's lots of variables. The, no variable. It's the number and how much money. That's it. Two variables. Just there's two. two. If you're used to playing, if you're used to playing for money and big uh-huh. money and are willing to gamble a lot, then you might be more comfortable of doing right. that. So you might be shooting lower scores. I would say 75. Mm-hmm. Does it help you to know that Dustin Johnson's like four over through 10 right now on Muirfield Village? He's He may not, you know, he may post something 76, 77. Yeah, but he ain't good player. Yeah, not, not a professional. <laughs> not a guy that's won majors nah. and hundreds, mm-hmm. you know, millions of dollars or, or whatever. Tony, how about you? Average tour course. Thousand bucks. I'm putting up a thousand bucks. What's your number? One ten. <laughs> I I was thinking about that, and and just for the record, so Harry, you're what plus whatever handicap. Um, you're saying something maybe mid to high seventies, maybe eighties. Yeah. Um, we we did this just quickly. Uh, like I said at TPC Colorado, looked at that. My handicap there is like a point eight or point five or something, and. Given those course conditions, if it's a thousand bucks, I'm eighty-five. It's just, it's hard. It's hard in every way. The course is hard. The pin position. How many times have you broken eighty-five at McGregor from the whites? <laughs> McGregor is not my home course. I need more <laughs> practice. I'm gonna come out there once or twice, maybe. I don't. <laughs> well, here's the thing with those pros: they're probably hitting it into areas that either go past the traps. Or and you might be landing them in there. Yep. Or so everything is different when whatever tees you play off it is the landing area is either widen or narrow. Mm-hmm. So you really got to you obviously you got to look into that. And then, I mean, these guys are playing for a living. They are doing it every single day in and out. So they're going to be more dialed in. But a big factor is that some of these courses are designed so the the guys are hitting to widest wider parts of the the fairway so they're going to hit more fairways in in theory to if you go up and play the whites that you will be hitting to a narrow fairway or traps so it's the swings and roundabouts it's very it's very difficult like i would love to go out and play the say on a on a on a monday after the tournament go and play the same pins yep same tees just to see a kind of similarity between it and then just and go from there but apart from that that would be tough mm-hmm. like Muirfield village i know if i if i start going sideways i ain't i ain't breaking 80 easy it, it's 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 let's try and break 90 it's probably the 
So now um, he's gone up is, to ninety. It's probably a thing. So <laughs> yep, yep. I think, and I think what I think the other thing that amateurs don't account for the two things they really don't account for is number one, how quickly a round can go sideways, and once you mm-hmm. lose, you know, kind of, you know, kind of like surfing or whatever. If you get behind that wave, um, there are courses that that just get away from you. Right. And that's what these guys are playing week in and week out. How many how many shots the first the first time you played McGregor that that oh. that Heather on the left oh. side of eight that you found yourself in? How many how many whacks just to get out of that? You know, having never experienced it, it before. Oh, so yeah. So I, I did not anticipate how difficult it would be to to do that. I think it took me three full swings to move the ball. It took me four to five tiers to recover, and then like another two to three swings to get it out. I mean, it was probably four or five shots to get it out of there. And that's the thing, right? Like you, if you experience something new, something different, something no fun, it's you don't think about is the ability to get yourself out cleanly from almost any situation that that even a lot of really good golfers don't necessarily have. Mm -hmm. And so, like you said, when you when you play with tour pros, like I, I, I play with with very good golfers. I play with a couple plus handicaps. You know, all, all I don't say all the time, but a few times a year. And then you experience something like, you know, a couple of years ago, I played a, a few holes with Wyndham Clark, for example, and just just the sound the ball makes when he hits it off the tee, like it it it's not an impact noise it's it's pain the ball is in pain it screams <laughs> when he hits it it's different i played you know i tell people all the time when we have this conversation of you know could a four handicap compete with an with an lpga pro and i'm like look i played i played four holes with lydia cole we played the same tees she had three birdies and burned the edge on the fourth yeah, the same you know, same weekend she played the bad little nine with with all the pga guys and was, was the only one under par like you you have no idea how good they really are until you you really experience it firsthand. Playing with Gary Player, eighty whatever the hell years old he is, he hits shots still to this day that the the best players I know can't hit. It's just mm-hmm. not in their bag. It's 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 not the same game. There's there's no comparison to be made. So, yeah, you you put me on, on <laughs> at the tips from a from a PGA Tour tournament setup. There, there's probably not a if you're asking legitimately there, there's probably not a number maybe 130 where i would think all right i got a, i got a chance of of breaking even or you know walking away with a thousand bucks i just i just i just pulled up your course tony and that looks like the same course i grew up on in england heather tight you have to hit the fairways if you don't you're in the heather but it doesn't look hard like that's the thing about mcgregor that something's like you you look at it and and, and again off the tee and in and, and some of the shots it doesn't look intimidating there aren't these necessarily these tee shots where there's like just a tunnel of like 12 yards wide you know or something like that where you're like oh my gosh or whatever and then like i said you get going a little bit sideways and you miss in the wrong spots you're hoping to make bogey like you're praying to make bogey and then as soon as you do that Boom. All, all we need to do is just phone up Tiger and some of these tour pros and just get them out to these courses and just see what they do. That's easily done. 
McGregor, we mentioned the number 11, right? Just a, I mean, it's a long par three, but it, it there's nothing. You you look down yes. at it, it, you're staring down at the green. There's absolutely nothing you think that that's overly ominous. And then, no. you know, you can, you can miss by a matter of feet and it's, you know, you're, you're, you'd be lucky to escape with a bogey. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's bunker left dead, short, right. Hill of death dead, uh, yeah. long dead, but it doesn't look like much. And, and consider this too, right? People want to throw the handicap numbers out there all the time and, and some stuff like that. And it's helpful. You have to remember that handicaps are a measure of potential, not actual, right? And and even going to this world system where it's, you know, eight out of your previous 20 or whatever. So the divisor's even a little bit more generous, I guess, in terms of what your potential ability is. Take a guy, again, Chad Johnson. Nobody knows the name. Shot 63, the Corn Ferry event or whatever. Of course, is probably if you rated it fairly, I mean, on the scorecard is like 77 and change. It was at least that 63. That was a differential of like plus 14 on that particular round. How many people have ever even played a round where they post a plus differential for that round, not in tournament conditions? And you have guys that are plus, you know, posting if they had to post, you know, plus eight, plus nine, plus 10, plus 12 rounds. And they still may or may not cash a check that week. Mm, true. All right. Well, Tour Stats is a really interesting article. You should definitely go to the website and take a look at it. Um, like I said, this week's edition is how would Tiger Woods play on your home course? So some really interesting and innovative usage of data and information there. All right. So you put you on the spot. Put everybody on the spot real quick. You're playing tomorrow. You got that $1,000 number, right? You're going to play that tour course. 1000 bucks. You got it. What ball are you teeing up tomorrow? I am teeing up a Titleist Pro V1X left dash. No hesitation. Okay. Harry, what are you playing tomorrow? I'm with my Strix and um, Z-Star XV because I haven't been told otherwise. Yep. Miranda, what are you teeing up tomorrow? Probably probably the red putt-putt ball. Yes. <laughs> Matt, probably a matte finish red no, ball, no, Tony. No, putt-putt. Even putt-putt knows not to use a matte finish. <laughs> yeah they're not i'm playing uh i'm playing a titleist pro v1 x current uh the current generation pro v1 x which no one knows what it is anymore because it's everyone's so confused i know otherwise i play whatever ball harry tells me to so does that bring us to a close today fellas hope so i think so do 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 or what yeah, but you got to get deep. you got to go... And then you have a pause and you go... We out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>